0: We are. We are daring to be different once again. Here I am. It's Yaya. And you're listening to Dream Chase's Radio uh, on 97.5 FM Real Community Radio in Northport, Florida, as well as all the Caribbean, the Caribbean Music Network, as well as on Bomb Baby Radio and now WYDC Radio. Uh, that's our new network, which will be starting on Sunday. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we're also gearing up for our Roku debut. So don't forget about that. We have so many wonderful guests on the show for you today, and I am so happy to announce so many different people are going to be here. And the name of the top and the topic we're going to be going through today is always going to be a topic that we have have to face in our ups and downs of our entrepreneurship, things we want to do in life, and things like that. Facing failure to attain success, and our first guest today has a much much experience with that. Lex Lemire, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being on our show.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: Wow. Thank you for being on. So tell everybody exactly what it is you do. And, and, uh, and I love your name. How did you get that name?
2: My first name? Um, actually, my mother's best friend's name was Lex. And so she named me after him at the first part. And the last, the last name is just from you know, my father's side of the family. Oh, that's
0: a beautiful name. Beautiful name.
2: Gorgeous name. Yeah. Oh, Lex
0: Lemire. I like the way it rolls off my tongue. (laughs) Thank you.
2: Beautiful name.
0: Okay, so tell everybody exactly what you're involved in and what you're doing.
2: Well, right now, I mainly am known as being a visual artist. So I actually put together like art shows. And I have a company called Charity Network News. And what we do is we actually put together art events for nonprofits or if they have art auctions or anything coming into that degree and they're trying to raise money, we also um, wholesale art to them or we donate art in for their auctions so that they can raise whatever funds they need for their cause. And we have at this point worked with thousands of charities for years, going all the way back to my grandparents who were award-winning artists um, wow. My grandfather, yeah, my, my grandfather was from, is actually an uh, immigrant from Italy, and he was one of Kodak's top 50 camera craftsmen, which is one of the best photographers in the world, the top 50, and he's one of the last three living, so there's not that many of them left anymore because Kodak is gone. And then my grandmother, uh, she was an award-winning painter. She was the first woman. She was a Spanish and Native American Indian, and she was the first woman inducted into the Professional Photographers of America back in 1974. And that yeah. kind of opened the door for me to, to grow up in an artistic and creative family. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. That's a wonderful
0: background. That, that, to me, is, it says something about where you're coming from. So, basically, you're a fine artist, and you're involved in therapeutic art. Tell
2: me about that. Yes. Uh, well, I always thought, you know, with fine art that it would stay in the gallery arena. I've done a lot of showcases at uh, different exhibits and events, but, and my grandparents as well. Uh, we're in several different museums. I've showcased at the Louvre in Paris. I've been published several times. Uh, but the thing that's been amazing to me is the transition into therapeutic arts. Uh, when my grandmother got sick with cancer a few years ago, I started volunteering at the homeless shelters and doing therapeutic arts for children that had experienced trauma or had PTSD. Because, you know, you know, when they come into the homeless shelter, there's different types of trauma. Sometimes their parents have been incarcerated. Their houses have been raided uh, for drug busts. Um, homelessness, you name it, uh, these children have pretty much gone through and it's things that I don't think children should have to go through or experience. Mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing about children is they're very resilient. And so if you use art and art therapy for them, then they get a way to express themselves creatively, whether it's, and when I say art, I mean all different types of art, because luckily we have volunteers from all over the city of Houston that come in to Star of Hope or these different missions, and they do dance, and they do theater. And I mainly in visual arts, I have them draw, they start having dreams, or they're trying to work out their emotions to express themselves without being criticized for whatever it is that they're going through. And and it allows them to process some of that PTSD and some of those triggers uh, creatively and have a positive outlet, rather than turning to drugs or alcohol or gangs to, you know, find a way to express themselves.
0: That is amazing. To me, that is is uh, it's just it's so, so important that we're there when these things happen. Wow. That is, to me, that is, you're doing a very honorable thing. Thank you so much for doing that. So, okay, so PS, PTSD, does that just, I mean, exactly how is that connected to the art and in, in your aspect? I understand that you get the people to kind of, kind of lose themselves in art. Do
2: they draw, do they paint, or do you paint? Probably a little bit of both. Um, You have them draw because art, art takes on many forms. So you can have them do dance. You can have them do theater. So, for example, if you have a child or even a veteran or a sexual assault survivor, someone who has experienced something very dark, and you ask them a simple question, what is your safe space? Because PTSD is an after effect of experiencing trauma. So it could be, you know, um, a robbery, a mugging, being beat up. It can actually, things come in through film as well. If you've been through a traumatic experience and you see the same thing on TV, it can trigger that for you. Well, creative processing allows them to put that out there and write a poem or write a song. And if I say to them, what does a safe space look like to you? Can you draw that for me? Because in PTSD, what it it really does is it fractures a part of the mind. And when it does that, and if you want to go back historically, actually Hitler, of all people, used to do studies on PTSD. And they would intentionally abuse children. And it was a called the Monarch Program. And the reason they did this was because it heightened children's intuitive abilities. Okay? They did it for a different reason. Now, when you're dealing with children on PTSD, even adults, it heightens their intuitive ability. And so if you can say to them, I want to show you what a safe space looks like, it allows them to figure out, well, what is a safe space? And when in my life did I find a safe space? Because they've done studies, even if a soldier is taken hostage, that in your mind, you have to be able to find that safe space because that's what protects your mind. And so the beauty of therapeutic art and guided meditation and hypnosis and energy medicine, these things allow you to protect your mind and create a safe space for you to be in emotionally and physically so that your body can heal and restore itself rather than just giving you another medication. Right.
1: Yeah.
0: To definitely. cope. Now, my condolences my for losing your mentor in the hurricane, how, how has that changed your life? I know that you, you lost your home, you lost your mentor. How does this, I mean, how does, how did that kind of work out for you to where you are
2: today? And did it, did it do anything for you? Oh my gosh. You know, I've seen, I grew up in Texas. so I've seen quite a few, many hurricanes and this one by far, Hurricane Harvey was different. Uh, we knew, you know, the the mayor didn't make the announcement for the city to be evacuated uh, when the governor did. The governor made it on Wednesday, the mayor made it on Saturday. Well, that's when the hurricane made landfall. And it was such a tremendous downpour. Like I had 40 feet of water. So if you can imagine, like across the street from me were a set of apartments. And I had parked my car up on this third level. And actually what was interesting is my mom was over and I actually went and grabbed her car and parked it up. And she said, why are you parking it so high? And I said, I don't know. I just have a feeling. And so, and so I just went with my gut, right? And thank goodness I did. Because let me tell you, when the hurricane made landfall... Saturday night by Sunday morning at four a m the water rose six feet in thirty minutes.
1: Oh my gosh,
2: yeah, if you can imagine, so I had neighbors like freaking out, you know because this is your community, these are people that you're you have barbecues with, and you you know you walk your dog with them and you know them, you know, and they're calling you freaking out and so the other side from where I live from our townhouses was their first floors were going underwater. By Sunday evening at 8 o'clock, when I went and did the first search and rescue with the fire department, that whole first floor was submerged. The first two levels of the parking garage were submerged, and the water was going into the third level. Do you know that the water stopped right before it got to my car, right before it got to my mother's car? Like, my car sat maybe in two inches of water, and I had to have the brakes and everything rerouted. But, I mean, other than that, it didn't go into my car. Thousands of people lost their cars and their houses. And so
0: mm-hmm.
2: doing the search and rescue, you know, I when I went, first went down with the fire department, I think one of the things is you're watching the waters collapse and you're watching all these things. There's so many things in life, right, that we get caught up in, dumb things, like somebody cut, cuts us off in traffic and we get mad. Or, you know, our sibling mm-hmm. did something to us that upset us, when at the end of the day, those things aren't important you know, what's important is that you're surrounded by the people you love and care about and that they're healthy and that you're both safe. Yes. And as we're coming through that, you know, my mentor is passing away. I'm transitioning with the house and all that because we were emergency evacuated. Um, and we couldn't go back for like six days, six or seven days. And pretty much everything was end up being condemned. And It was like you let it go. All those material things that we hold on to, you know, the TV and the cars and all these things are replaceable. Mm -hmm. What's not replaceable is connections with the people we love and care about. And so when my mentor passed away, when I found out my mentor passed away, she's such an amazing woman. She actually, her name was Lucia Butler, and she had been a nun, really. She was a nun, and her father was a botanist, and so she grew up understanding herbs she had been to every country in the world that grows herbs. And when she opened her wellness center, she what happened was she fell in love and married the love of her life, and they stayed married up until she passed away. And she opened her own wellness center with this knowledge of plants and herbs. And so she had traveled to every country in the world, knowing the plants and herbs at heart. <laughs> and It was phenomenal to meet someone with a photographic memory, but she taught me a lot in terms of present and being present to people. And really, I can't fix people. You know, we're there to Mm -hmm. help them through therapeutic art, and I'm there to help them because we do energy work, healing touch, Reiki, pranic energy, chakra balancing, those types of things. We can help people help heal and restore themselves to get them back Mm -hmm. into balance. And that was such an amazing thing. But when her wellness center went down, where it affected me personally was in the South, it's very hard to find wellness centers that are not, they're either Buddhist or Wiccan. And there's nothing wrong. I respect that, but being raised Christian, it's a little bit different for me to bring my clients into an atmosphere that they're not always comfortable with. And so losing her balance of that, kind of put a dent and in, in, even in my work because I had to find another place to bring my clients where they would be comfortable. And so mm-hmm. I've actually spent this summer working under a doctor at St. Thomas university doing energy medicine and pranic work for the students, for college students with trauma, PTSD, anxiety, stress, um, and it's been a really phenomenal experience, but I can look back in retrospect and I can see how divinity or God, whatever terminology you use, has really like safeguarded myself and my family, you know, even though we've mm-hmm. been through a lot, and to be really blessed, you know. And, and when you go through that moment when you see all these people in the shelters and they're going into the shelters, and it's a very humbling experience to watch your community suffer. Oh, yeah. In a, really, in a really powerful way. But we can't stay in that. What we have to stay in is how do we help each other. So a week after that, I was out in the community with my church. I go to First Baptist in Houston. I grew up there. And um, I also go to Lakewood. But I volunteered with them a week after I had been flooded out of my own home and went out into the community. And I think we hit 24 houses that day in a neighborhood where 600 houses had gone underwater. And out of that, I came out with some really powerful friendships and relationships. And Mm -hmm. I think what it does is it just shifts your mindset in terms of, do I really want to spend my life accumulating all this stuff? Because is it the stuff that makes me happy? Or is it how Mm -hmm. I'm showing up in the world and being with people and loving my community and helping them heal and recover and restore themselves?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Wow. Wow. Now, okay, so... I need to find out. Okay, so you have dealt with so many different people with PTSD. What would be, I'm sorry, with PTSD. What is the main factor that of that, and, and how can people be aware? Because most people don't know the signs of PTSD. They don't know the signs of depression or anxiety. They don't know the signs. And, and and we've lost so many wonderful people because we just ignore the signs or we don't know the signs. What is something we should look for in a person or be along with or get that ding, 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 uh, you know, with someone in, in these situations that might be close to us.
2: Right. Sometimes when people, when you're aware that someone in your life has gone through a traumatic event, it, you know, car wrecks can even cause PTSD. Uh, besides being a veteran or a child that's gone through a trauma, a divorce can be considered a type of trauma. Grief is a trauma what you'll notice sometimes if people close to you, they can start having flashbacks of memories from the past, or they start recollecting an old event and telling you, oh, I keep having this dream about that car wreck I had two weeks ago, or you know, you notice that they start having nightmares, uh, or that they, one of the symptoms is avoidance. So they develop an emotional numbness and they start avoiding places that they would normally go to or people or activities that they really love. So if you had someone in your life that always liked to go dancing on Sundays, you know, or, you know, country Western dancing or they like to go swimming or play tennis or they were into a sport. And then all of a sudden, after they experience this event, they stopped doing those things. And also if they have difficulty sleeping or concentrating, or you're noticing that there's a difference in the behavior, like irritated, mm-hmm. anger, um, you will notice that that is a type of PTSD, and it really happens a lot to people that have directly experienced a traumatic event if they have been a witness to a traumatic event, uh, or if they even learn that a traumatic event happened to a close family member. So if something you know if if something happened to your sibling or one of your cousins or parents uh, that they had been mugged or robbed, that can affect you in terms of PTSD as an individual. Yeah. I think a part of that is knowing to be able to recognize it and knowing when able to get help, whether that's uh, a counselor, a psychiatrist, finding a wellness center, getting them into like meditation classes. Guided meditation is awesome. Yoga is wonderful Um, to help move some of that energy off the body so that it doesn't stay stuck there. Wow, wow.
0: And let me ask you a question, because I've always wondered about Kate Spade. You had the wonderful opportunity to work with her. How was that?
2: Oh, my gosh. She was such an amazing, just fun-loving person. She had such a really good personality. I had the experience of working with her when I was in New York City. I worked for Liz Claiborne & Co., and I was – I worked as a director of recruiting, actually – uh, in New York and I was over at Juicy Couture. So I had all of the stores from New York city to Miami, which was like 200 and something stores. So Kate would often come into the meetings with us because she was one of the main brands that we had. And to know someone who was so cheerful and just charming, you know, because a lot of times when people are in those positions of power or they're in extreme positions of wealth, they can be a little arrogant, Uh, especially in the fashion industry, but she was just an amazing person. And I think when I found out what had happened to her, I was just kind of baffled. I was like, what, what just happened?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: You know, it, it was kind of hard to take in because I think, did she have a moment where she was so depressed and, you know, people in our lives when they are experiencing severe depression, if we're too busy to notice, we kind of miss that moment you know, and they could be reaching out to us, and it could just be something as simple as a friend trying to connect with you, has been trying to have lunch with you for months, or you haven't been able to return their phone call, you know, and I just wonder, did she try to reach out to someone, and then no one was there, Mm -hmm. and what was that defining moment, but to know that someone who is such a joyful and amazing talent, I mean, just sincerely an amazing creative talent to be gone, like Alexander McQueen, who I also had the opportunity to work with in New York. Um, just to know that they're gone, it, it's like, wow, like what was hitting you at that moment? that made you just decide that your life wasn't worth living anymore. And yeah, was there a like, way to intervene in that?
0: Yeah, that's, that's what we want to prevent. You know, we want to prevent people like Kate Spade, wonderful people who have such an amazing Ability to touch others with their, with just with even a smile or even a, a, you know what I mean, a moment. Um, We don't want to lose people. At least we want to try not to. That's why I've asked you, you know. And I'm glad that you're on the show today because it's it's really important that we that we know about these things. I think that if we did, there would be. I I lost four people to suicide in my life. I wish I would have at least known the cues, you know. But I I
2: didn't know. I had no idea. None. Well, also the Anxiety and Depression Association of America has a free screening uh, on their website for people with PTSD. And so Mm. you can screen yourself or a family member just by answering the simple questions. And it will help give you a heads up. You know, and beyond Kate Spade, I've actually, I lost two very good friends when I was in high school to suicide and they were my, they were best friends of my father. So I, when I look back and it's very strange because when I go to events and the mother sees me, either mother sees me, it's like a ghost just walked in, right? Cause I'm the one of the three that's still here. And, and I look Mm -hmm. back and I think about the events that were occurring in their life and like trying to be there for people when they, if they hit that moment or if I know something's going on in their life. And it's almost like You know how social media has these RSS feeds where you get all this information coming in nonstop. It's like trying to keep an antenna up for the people in your life that mean the most to you.
0: Yeah. Wow. Wow.
2: So let me ask you a question.
0: Where can people reach you if they want to work with you?
2: They can reach me at charitynetworknews.com. There's a messaging center. You can just send me a message, a direct message that way. Uh, my website is also linked into that, so you can meet me that way. You can message me that way as well.
0: Wow. And, you know, it, it's just one thing that I, I've always wanted to make sure that this show does is get that advice from people who are inside doing what you do if someone wants to work or start working with people with PTSD or depression or anything, what would be the main suggestion that you would give them to begin to, uh, you know, attain whatever they need to attain to
2: start? If you're going to work with people in trauma and PTSD, there's a lot of really great centers for counseling, even looking into going back to school, either for certifications in counseling or if you have your undergraduate to get your master's in counseling psychiatry, you have to go all the way through the PhD level. But with PTSD, if you wanna do the holistic side, there are centers for energy medicine that you can go to. I've just happened to specialize in that because it was something that I had already experienced myself, I had already been through. And so I really wanted to deal with the rehabilitation part of medicine and the restorative part of medicine. And so if you go, even nurses, if they're already in medicine and they have a nursing degree, they can go into rehabilitative or restorative care. And that okay. and that has specialties for PTSD as well.
0: Wow. To me, that is just one of those things that we all need to be focused. Now, I mean, okay, so if someone should want to uh, contact you, they go to the website, um, charity Network News dot com, sorry, Charity Network News dot com. Um, that is a wonderful website. I've already been there. And I just, I love what you're doing. And I love that you're working with people who need help, who don't ever stop. And such a wonderful, you know, uh, name like Lexmere just having that run off my lips again. I love it. <laughs>
2: Well, and if you have, if someone has a passion for veterans, there's a really great site called mission22.com. And it enrolls you to not only help veterans, but you can a veteran can go online himself and do a 12-month program that helps him holistically to get his life back in balance. So if you know someone who needs help, there's places for veterans and there's places for children like Star of Hope. A lot of really great organ, organizations, even the Children's Assessment Center, in Texas is a wonderful one for dealing with children who have PTSD or trauma, wow. but there's hope out there. And that's the biggest part for you to know that there's hope and that you're not alone.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely. Wow. Thank you so much for being on the show and for doing what you do and standing in the gap with others and helping them come out and helping them deal with their, their issues. You know, it's, it's one, it's one thing to help and be on the end, and it's one thing to actually put your head out there and say, hey, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do this myself, and you've done that. Thank you so much for doing it.
2: Well, thank you. That's just trying to contribute, right? Because all we really have is community and family. Yeah. You're right. You're right. In the end, that's all we have. All this stuff comes and goes. Mm-hmm. You know? I think what I really... I think what the beauty of it is is with the hurricane, it really shows you that God is there for you and the sunshine or the storm, and it really was mm-hmm. community that pulled us all together.
0: Wow. Well, I want to thank you again for being on the show. It has been such a pleasure having you, and you're so positive. And you've gone through the failure, and now you're in the success part. I want to thank you for being such a wonderful example to others of how, you know, things happen. Things happen. But you can still move on,
2: and you are a prime right. example of that. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I, I just hope everyone, you just know you can overcome. It takes time, but you can.
0: Definitely, definitely. And you guys can reach her at charitynetworknews.com. Again, that's charitynetworknews.com. That's Lex Lemire. It's a beautiful name. I'll never forget Thank your name. you. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for having me. All right. Thank you for being on the show. Until next time. that is such a wonderful thing, to give your life for other people so that they can come out. I mean, what other person has most, the most joy at nighttime when you're sitting at home and you look over your day, you've actually done something for others. It makes you feel so much better about your own life that you've given a piece of it to someone else that needs it. It's amazing. To me, you know, being that I was almost clinically depressed myself, i I wish I had that, but this is what I have. I have the radio station, and that's why I started it to get out that was I guess that was my safe place that was a place that I could be at and and you know kind of get away and I guess that's what we all need, right? We need a safe place, just like Lex Lemire says. We need a safe place, so if you need a safe place, if you want to know what your safe place is, if you want to find more help out there for yourself, uh, please, please don't hesitate to contact someone. And if you don't know anyone, if you're just tuning in right now, go ahead and go to CharityNetworksNews.com, and and I'm sure that Lex Lemire will help you find that safe place. It's amazing things that we need. You know, all the stuff that we have means nothing because in the end, all we have is our sanity. So I want to thank you again for tuning in, and I want to thank Lex Lemire for being on the show and bringing us such a wonderful thing. I mean, it's so important that we have these things, so important that we know that there is help out there for, for all the things that we need, for all of our ailments, for all of the things that we think we need, <laughs> because in the end, uh, we are going to be our own, our own help because you have to be strong enough to get to that point. So if you're having an issue, please go ahead and reach out. Tell someone about it. We don't want to lose anyone else to anything besides love. All right, this is Yaya Diamond. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back. Don't you go anywhere. You're listening to Dream Chasers Radio. on. Uh, I, I guess you're listening to us on a lot of different places. <laughs> so here it is,
1: KRS-One, substance, substance Abuse.
3: Yo, it's true. There's nothing new under the sun Money, cash, men—we're singing about guns. It's all about flash. We we'll just wanna have fun. We're trying to get the we're taking you to class? But y'all are ADD. If I'm gonna listen, y'all better make me think. Why you say these things? And you don't have to rap about saving trees. It's understood that we're all about making cheese. But your number one goal should be how to blaze these beats. We're running the track like our brains and cleats. With that defying feet that fly in the street, and I know where to land. This is hip hop, but if you say jump, I don't say when. Respect the past, but then the now, and we'll leave something for the hereafter. Perfects crap like the blast master and if you ain't caring, staring
4: right past it. And it's not just because only Eric's back. We've up red, black. We've become pay our best and your love We the In the future, I can see that we never going back. Like a train, I'm on the track for whatever, never back. Hey, you become red, Hey We've become pay our best and your love in the rap. In the future, I can see that we never going back. Like a train, I'm on the track Whatever now and is my craft, sir I'm see things faster I come from my future, not my past, sir I'm smooth like lacquer We would taught that the past comes first And the future comes after But the year doesn't matter I appear as a rapper With rec rap, so tray in the year after When time doesn't pass, yeah And you can ask the master what comes after And he replies, laughter The future we after is past and after Past flashes, flashes, and gun blast We don't need apocalyptic past. I'm gonna a pastor Hear the blast master, master. The is more colorful than past rappers Think about that city life Let's track this More real people less us No more backstab the government's a non-factor We hey, bring up rest on hey, We bring up rest on hey, We bring up K.R.A. And your love will be black In the future I can see That we never going back Like a train I'm on this track Or whatever never back Hey yo, big up Red on race We hey, bring up Red on hey, We bring up K.R.A. And your love will be black I can see that we're never going back Like a train, I'm on track for whatever never back Ask me what's more this future of the past
3: This is the past Rappers had more well, respect Pub and cash Plus a lot of flash on the trash, formal business played on TV, LPs we're selling fast. Who could tell I would laugh? Remember getting advanced, and now we advance into a future that seems that the chance In the past seems scandalous. No labels the labels, wasn't shady. Now I just wish there was still some labels left to pain But stress, in this is crazy, cause we're never going back. Gotta focus on. The merch, the tour, the show for rap. Appreciate appreciated cause these beeps have been mistaken. Want a future where you don't have to rap like shit to make. Cause facts have been stated when it comes to movie doping. Got love for yesterday, with the future's where we're focused. The future, where the hope is. You ought to start some bread. Trying to keep some hope alive for the hey. times we got ahead. So we pick up that so drink, We pick up red rap. Hey. We pick up pay our rent. Hey. And your sub, baby rap. In right. the future, I can see that we never going back. Like a train,
4: I'm on the track. there, we never, never back. Hey, yo, pick up that so drink. And hey, hey, pick up Red Flats hey, hey, We pick up KRS And your sub is flat In the reach of ISD That we never going
3: back Like a train, I'm on the track Yo, we're never down back Yo, crazy shout out to my man Don Milan To Don Wave 1 You know what I'm saying? The original 6th Sense Who DJ Lyon Come after the curse And of course Last Mass to KRS 1 We ain't never looking back You know what I'm saying? The time to move forward
0: And I want to thank them for submitting that song for the the radio station a while ago. Uh, You know, going through failure to obtain success, what do we need? I mean, you know, me being the person that I am, being that I've failed many, many times if you want to call it failure. Me, personally, I don't call it failure. I just call it many ways of knowing what not to do. (laughs) But going through this whole thing, I want to go ahead and kind of give you guys an update and, and not really an update, but more like, A story, okay? So a person goes out and they they decide that they want to go after that dream, that goal, that vision, or they want to help others, but they don't know how they need to go about doing it. What would be the one thing that a person would do? They would reach out. They would go ahead and study. They would look up on Google. They would do a lot of different things, a lot of different research to go ahead and try to attain that goal. Now, that's the exciting part about the entire thing is the beginning. The beginning is wonderful. It's like, oh, my gosh, this whole thing is just going to be amazing. It's just going to be great. I have so many ideas about it. I can't wait to get started. And within about a week or so, things aren't so, you know, you're motivated still, but it kind of declines a little bit. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're on a roll. Maybe you have this big thing and it's just moving, 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 moving. But everything that moves comes to a stop sign. Everything that moves comes to a yield. Everything that moves comes to construction sites. Everything that moves eventually has to slow down. That's where we lose our first 25 to 50% of people going after their dreams and their goals. I don't want you to be discouraged. Everything, everything, life, even has a moment of a pause, okay? We all have to realize that in life, in moving forward, in trying to attain success, we need to realize that success doesn't come as easily as we think it may come. There's a picture on the Internet of what people think and then true and real success. What people think is you just climb this mountain and all of a sudden you're on top and there there it is, but all actuality is a bunch of loops and holes and circles and ups and downs and rounds and bouts and going backwards and forwards and it's just and then when you finally attain success, it's like and then you got to keep it maintaining it it's just as hard as obtaining it. so what should we do if you don't have a mentor, become a mentor? You know, it's okay not to have a mentor. You know, um, Lex Lemire's mentor has passed away, but she hasn't stopped. I love the attitude. I love that she has kept it going, and congratulations to her on doing that. You know, it's not easy, but I personally don't have a mentor. And I have reached out, and I have tried to get a mentor. I have. I've reached out to people I know that have already been in the business. I've reached out to people that I know that have already done things and already – and you know what? I just never got that mentor. They just – they were there for the moment that they needed to be there, but then they just kind of faded away. And that's okay because I'm going to keep going. See, the journey and the and, and, and the failing and the success part is your part. It's my part. It's us. We have to do that. That is our journey. And every one of us has a story to go with our journey and with our failure and with the Coming out of failure. What do I call, why do I say failure? Because most people say, oh, you failed. But in all actuality, you did not fail. If you're continuing to do what you want to do, if you're continuing in that dream, you're continuing in that goal that you have, that's not failure. That's not even a setback. To me, you're, you're successful because you did not give up, because you kept going, because you are marvelous. And that's why we're going to go ahead and have uh, Purely with Marvelous right now on Dream Chases Radio.
5: feeling marvelous, real confident, close the zip like it's a cardigan, why you starting shit, what you got, just some common sense, It's acting out, so I guess we gotta stop again, real shit. I'ma still spit, ain't no stopping it. Six pack with a zip set, the consequence. Twelve round, pull up in the charges like they Tomlinson, Hope my future lift up to the sky like a rocket ship. shit. My drink deep purple, just like Rockin'. Way to profit it, run the bank like it's providence. Six pack, waiting for the hour just to drop them in. Bubble guts all up in my stomach, think they clockin'. I wasn't aiming for a scholarship, my brain was feeling tolerant. The cash was looking dominant. What made me get up out of it I should have been in college kid have can f- get intoxicated I contemplated and concentrated on every angle I probably died but I broke the halo of every angel We live in fables, they need control But it's okay though They say I'm sane and they me off and do tomatoes Right through the table, six feet under the f***ing You Finally famous, it, it's at home, stomach aching I'm here for taking the f- flames right out of Satan Just trying to make it, I'm not even trying to be the greatest In the pool feeling marvelous, marvelous In the pool, feeling marvelous, 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 marvelous.
6: In the pool, feeling marvelous, 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 marvelous. In the pool, feeling marvelous, word blasphemous. In my prime, like Optimus smoking in this lava pit, blowing all my cannabis. We smoking cactus. I get back on this, I rule, we run this. Now get back in this mothership before the summer hit Ain't never been a slave Ain't sh- the nigga slave for Looking back at all this shit that sh- Can't even pay for Cheated the system Yanked out their wisdom The Black Robin Hood Man of my kingdom Said <laughs> I was robbing the rich and cheating the poor Did whatever it took in the hood Just to even the score We reaching over the chorus and- is acting for more. This my demon flow, mother. Cause they act for gore. When they start acting for gore, my bodies get dragged to the morgue. My blood is up on my floor. There's just really stain in my cause. And then we plug in the source that's really been down in my force. Cause I go after my just obsessed with the flaws. Yeah, I'm so obsessed with the flaws. And I go after my mind. I'm obsessed with the flaws. I'm obsessed with the flaws. On my mama, my. Girl, I'm so obsessed with the flaws. The flaws. The flaws. I'm so obsessed. So obsessed. So obsessed. So
5: obsessed. I need it. Bad company. In the pool, feeling marvelous, 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 marvelous. Word. In the pool, feeling marvelous, 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 marvelous. In the pool, feeling marvelous, 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 marvelous. In the pool, feeling marvelous. marvelous Word.
0: in the booth feeling marvelous. And what is he doing? He's recording his song. And he told me, he said, you know, I feel great when I'm in my element, when I'm in the studio, I'm in the booth, which is the recording booth, I'm doing my stuff, I feel great. So he made this song called Marvelous. And that's where he feels great at. And I want you to feel great. I know that a lot of people listen to this radio show. And a lot of people said that it's amazing what you do. You changed my life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I really don't think I change people's lives. I just kind of help you to understand that there are so many wonderful people out there doing their dreams, and I'm bringing them on the show for your sake, for your inspiration, to show you that it can be done. The impossible is only impossible until it's done, and then when it's when it's done, it's not impossible anymore. There's a story about. What is it? The five minute mile or was it? um, No, it was the one minute mile or the two minute mile, something like that. I can't really think right now. But most of you guys know about this story, but I want to say it anyway. Before it was possible, people used to think that their, their lungs would explode if they did it so quickly. And and so nobody really attempted to do it until one person came along and they did it. And then all of a sudden, everybody could do it. I'm letting you know right now that you may be, you may be that one person that shows everybody it can be done. So what are you going to do since you're the first? You going to do it, right? You're just gonna go ahead, and go after it. Look, it's not gonna be easy. There is nothing in life that's easy. Waking up in the morning and knowing that you gotta go back to a job that you don't love is not easy. Wake up in the morning and going to the job you do love, but know you have some hurdles to overcome. Guess what? That's not easy either. To have your own business. And to make your own money is not easy either. There, There is going to be, there are always going to be, and there is going to be some hurdles that we all need to go over. We all need to jump. We all need to overcome. There are things in our lives that, yes, we're going to have to deal with head on. Head on. But does that discourage you? Will you allow it to discourage you? I hope not. I hope not. I um want to go into a discreet yet real story about a young man who I wished I had more influence over, but ultimately he has passed away. And I wrote this song about him in the day, and it's been recorded twice. And this latest one is Cult Wise Man and it's by Reverend Barry and the Funk. I am the main singer on this uh, on this song, but this song really touches me because it's true. Um, it didn't end up right, but that doesn't mean that this song it was it was created to help others as well as that young man. So here it is, Reverend Barry and the Funk
1: with Wise Man. that got stuck in his brain.
0: And that was a true story. I wrote that song and actually performed it myself. Uh, Wise Man is a very dear song to me, especially since that young man is no more um, and he has uh, he, I guess he just didn't listen, and so uh, we do have those things where we we are going up through, We're facing failure. Can I say that that was a failure of mine that I didn't succeed in uh, helping that young man? Well, when a person wants to be helped, that's great. There was no getting through. What do you do? Do you accuse yourself? Do you hold yourself in contempt? Do you put yourself down because? of the the lack of being able to help someone who really doesn't want to be helped that I can't answer only as an individual. Can I say that I cannot hold myself responsible for someone who did not want to be helped. And yes, I do miss and dearly love that young boy. Um, I just have to let him go. And unfortunately sometimes that happens and, and, you know, we all have stuff that we have to deal with. Facing failure to obtain success is not just a business thing, it's a life thing. It's things that happen in our lives to keep us from moving forward sometimes. However, when you're, when you're bent on it, when you're strong on it, and even though you may not be strong on it, maybe it's just, Maybe you're not strong. Maybe at that moment, this is the weakest moment of of your life. However, however the case may be, I will let you know that going on, moving forward, is going to be the most courageous thing that anyone can do in a, when they face situations that are meant to bring us down. That makes us very beautiful. And that's why I want to play this next song, Aviva Beautiful. Keep it Beautiful singer, Aviva, beautiful. We have, uh, whoo, listen to that thunder. We have our next caller calling in now. I want to thank them for calling in. Please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please.
7: Yes, my name is Jonathan Peyton. I am a financial planner, wealth manager out in the D.C. market.
0: Awesome, awesome. So tell us, how did you get started in that? I mean, that's not the most glamorous job, is it? <laughs>
7: I know. It's, I feel like it's the accounting profession of the financial services world. Everybody looks at us and says, "Well, wait a minute. Explain to me again why I need to work with someone like you." Yeah, the reality <laughs> ends up being is is that I actually I actually got into this uh, this line of work after watching a movie when I was eight. It was Pretty Woman. Um, I uh, <laughs> I thought about uh, wanting to be an investment banker and being that that person that bought companies and did a whole bunch of stuff with them. But over time, I realized that probably wasn't what I wanted to do. And in fact, really wanted to help change lives and, and really make a big impact. And so for the last 15 years, I uh, I fundamentally spent my time working closely with people, whether they be you know teachers, government officials, uh, politicians, uh, CEOs, and a whole bunch of other people along the way. So I've done my best over the last 15 years to try and uh, impact as many people as I can through as many methods and means I can over time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, tell me exactly, yeah, why do we need to have you there? What, what What is it that we need that we're missing?
7: You know, it's an interesting question. So I have followed a lot of the, the big people, big-name people on uh, you know, their radio shows, if you will, and I won't name names, but many people will probably know they have a lot of talk show radios, and they're on TV and the pundits and so forth. And a lot of them have good intentions. And what many people don't realize is that many of them are not actually licensed or qualified to give uh, investment advice. And mm. you get to the next level and you say, well, who is licensed? Who is qualified to give advice? And I guess it really depends upon your definition of how you want to define qualified. But the, the reason why I believe that people need somebody they can trust, who they can ultimately turn to and say, that's somebody that I need to listen to. To me, is somebody who has experience, who has knowledge, but also has the credentials, right? So, for example, I have 10 different designations, I have two different degrees, I spent fifteen years working with thousands of people one to one, working through, quenching the numbers, sitting in the living rooms, sitting at the dinner room tables and, and helping people. Whereas I feel like a lot of the people that I read and I see on TV, they're if you will, they're so far removed from the front lines that they they tend to lose sight of certain things. And so when I think of why someone needs an advisor or a planner or whatever you want to label us as, it's because at the end of the day, while we're all intelligent people, we can't all just web WebMD ourselves to a financial future of success. We have to figure out who we can rely on, who we can trust, and you have to be able to have the belief that that person is going to be with you, not just now, not just tomorrow, but five years from now, ten years from now. And unfortunately, our industry gets a bad rap because a lot of the people in our industry are more transactional rather than relationship. And so that creates this, well, you're in it for yourself, you're not in it for me, and you're trying to sell me something. So I really strongly believe that if you're going to work with someone like me or anyone else, you really need to be able to make sure you understand who it is that you're talking to, what it is that they're trying to achieve, what is their purpose, and are they actually listening to you? And are they actually thinking about what your needs are rather than potentially what their needs are?
0: I got you, I got you. Now, you know, I I understand all that. And a lot of people are going to cut you off right now. You know why they're going to cut you off? They're going to say, well, I can't afford that.
7: You're right. You're absolutely right. And I would make the argument that if you invest in yourself, you invest in your future. And that's a very cliche comment, and so let me break it down. When Mm -hmm. I think about the fact that ultimately there are three tools that define future success. There's the cash flow statement, i.e. your budget. There's your balance sheet, which is your financial health, your net worth. And then there's your goal statement. And I've worked with people, again, that are teachers making $40,000 a year to government workers that are slaving away doing our service, doing their service for us, all the way up to the people who are extremely wealthy. And it doesn't matter who you are or what end of the spectrum you are. If you use those three tools – you will eventually reach your intended goals in the future because you'll be able to develop a disciplined process, a disciplined style of trying to figure out what you need to do day in and day out to achieve that goal. So you don't have to have somebody who is um, extremely expensive. You don't have to pay somebody thousands of dollars to try and tell you what to do. If you just use those three tools on your own, and you map things out, and you figure out what it takes to be able to reach that goal, and then you execute on those three things, you could do it all for free. You don't need someone like me. It's when potentially Mm. your situation becomes more complicated that potentially you turn to someone like me.
0: Right, right. Now, you know, it's amazing that most people will look and say that they don't need it. I only make nineteen thousand dollars a year. I only make twenty-two thousand dollars a year. I can barely afford myself. But you just gave them the principle and how to do it themselves for free. Let me ask you a question. What do? What are the main mistakes that people make when they make nineteen thousand dollars a year? What? What? What can they do to advance themselves? I mean, you know, there are ways. And I mean, I, I remember making nineteen grand a year. I mean, when I first started working, when I was younger, um, what can they do to move forward?
7: It's a great question. It's a great question. And, And honestly, there are two fundamental truths that I think people have to come to terms with. Number one, they have to look at themselves in the mirror, and they have to ask themselves how important is their future to themselves. And then number two, they have to look at the shiny objects that potentially dangle in front of them and ask themselves, is that shiny object really worth trading my future for? And it doesn't matter whether it's financial, whether it's academic. At the end of the day, everything we try and do in life is for a purpose. It's for a vision. It's something you want to move forward to because no one wants to stand still. And so if that, that $19,000 person who says, this is all I have, the next question ends up being is, is, where do you want to see yourself in five years? Do you want to see yourself in a job making 38000 or 68000 or or $100,000? And what are the things you need to do to get to that point? Do you need to potentially siphon off money? Do you need to have two jobs? Do you need to potentially have roommates? All of those questions help figure out where does that dollar go. But what happens ends up being is, is we are so stuck in where we are today and the fact that 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 nice shiny object is dangled in front of us, whether it's a pair of uh, shoes or nice clothes or going out to nice, you know, dinners or just doing something that in the moment feels great, gets that dopamine rush, but potentially puts you further and further behind. And that's why right now, unfortunately, in America, most people who say they want to retire, i.e. around, say, 65, are retiring with less than $100,000 to their name and are relying on government benefits like Social Security to be able to try and fund their future. And I won't get into the politics of it, but the biggest problem ends up being is, is that if we're not seeing those types of benefits increase at a rate more than inflation, then it's really hard to be able to plan for a 20 or 30 year quote unquote retirement on benefits that are still looming and we don't know whether they're going to be there. So it comes down to those three tools that I mentioned and figuring out whether or not that your future is important enough for you to be able to prioritize it first.
2: Mm-hmm. I,
0: have, I do have a question because everybody gets an income tax. You know, either you owe it, and if you owe it, that means you're doing good. You're doing a little bit better than normal. A lot of people get that income tax check back and, boy, that stuff burns their pocket. They're like, fire going through their pants. It just doesn't work. By the end of the the week, it's all gone. What should they really be thinking about doing that income tax check that they have? Should they use that to get ahead?
7: Great question. I love that question. You know, it's funny. Right now the national savings rate is less than 2.5%. What does that mean? That means that if you think about the population as a whole, all 300 million people or 150 million Tax-paying individuals, fundamentally we're only saving about 2.5% of our income. Or, stated a different way, only 2.5% of people are really focusing on saving the most amount of money possible. And so when you think about what to do with that tax return, there's really one of three things you can do. You can save it, you can pay off debt, or obviously you can spend it. And most people tend to gravitate to the third option because, again, it's that immediate gratification. But if you really focus on the fact that, hey, you know, I haven't taken a vacation in 12 months or 24 months or, heck, maybe even ever, I really would like to do that. Let me go ahead and peel some of this money off and put it over here in a, in a short-term money market account, and I'm just going to close my eyes to it. And I'm going to let, you know, every single day or every single week or every single month, offer, depending upon how you get paid, I'm going to go ahead and, you know, stick a couple bucks in that account. And before you know, at the end of the year, now you might have $1,000 or you might have $1,500. And now you can take your very first vacation or you can take a consistent vacation year over year. So I think you really have to look at, again, that cash flow statement, that balance sheet, and that goal statement to determine which of those three things are you going to direct that cash to. And really, in my mind, it really goes back to that goal statement. If you want to send your child to college, if you want to be able to pay off that debt and free up some of that monthly cash flow, that tax return – really can do a lot for you, but really is dependent upon your individual goals and how you prioritize your life. So at the end of the day, I tell people, you have to go back to your goal statement, and you have to figure out what was the highest priority when you created it and direct that money to that highest priority because the moment that you accomplish it, it's going to be one of the biggest wins you've ever had in your life. And then once you get a taste of that win, you'll want more of that, and you'll build that discipline process to keep giving yourself that rush of excitement and energy when you achieve that next highest priority. Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. Now, at night, you know, at at such a uh, young age, children are getting into debt, you know, student loans are like going out of hand. It's just ridiculous. What do you advise on people who do have student loans or who are thinking into getting student loans um, or trying to pay it off? What advice do you give them? Because that is a part of their financial future if they have it or if they're planning on having it or if they're even in it right now?
7: I love that question, too. Thank you for asking that. So I'll give you an example. Um, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I was fortunate enough to grow up in a situation where my parents were able to fund my undergraduate uh, education. Now, granted, they definitely worked and you know, into their early 70s, to be able to afford that, and I never forgot that. And I obviously wanted to try and take that value and and that um, experience and pass that on to my kids. But I realized that when I wanted to um, uh, put myself through additional education, whether it be certifications or my MBA, I realized that I had to bootstrap it myself. And so I ended up taking out student loans the tune of like $70,000. And what I realized was is that it's the one debt you can never declare bankruptcy on, right? It's the one debt that will always trail and follow you. And the Mm -hmm. biggest problem ends up being is is that if you're going to go to school, you need to acknowledge the fact that you're in school to learn. You're in school to get out and get ahead as fast as possible so that you can pay off that debt. And then if you do have that debt and you're trying to figure out what your future holds and how you're going to structure yourself there are lots of different ways to be able to focus on that type of debt. You could potentially use it and structure it as an income uh, replacement or an income assessment, whereby it's adjusting based on what your income is year over year. And as obviously your income increases over time, you'll pay a little bit more back. Um, and there are other ways you can do it, depending upon if it's a Stafford loan or a Plus loan. But the bottom line ends that being is if you're going to have any level of student loan debt, It's an investment in your future. Don't waste it. Don't sit there and say, you know what, I'll get to it, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Your primary goal is to try and pay that debt off as fast as possible because, again, unlike a house or credit card or a car loan where technically, God forbid, if you were to get in a situation where you had to declare bankruptcy, those types of debts could potentially um, be compromised to creditors. The student loan debt can't, and that's the one thing that scares a lot of people considering the fact that in this day and age, student loan debt is creeping up to be one of the largest single debts as a collective um, that our country ever faced.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. And it, it's something that um, you have to think about because, again, you know, a lot of people aren't making enough money where – or we have that one parent, uh, single-parent home where they, they're they not making enough money to financially, you know, boot their uh, the undergraduate degree for their kids. Um, the grants are running out. Uh, You know, so there is just a lot of things that we need to think about. But what is the main thing that you think that we need to think about when it comes to finances and our future?
7: Again, it's cliche, and I keep going back to it, but it's that goal statement. And, you know, I'll give you an example, a mathematical calculation to show you how you can actually achieve that Desire to pay off that or pay for at least that college. So, if we said, for example, that college was going to be, and assuming it's just tuition, mind you, was going to be $50,000 at an in state, maybe community college as an example, or potentially depending upon the state, maybe even a four year college. Um, and so, in this example, let's say it's $50,000, and I have, in this example, 10 years to go. So, straight line math would say. Fifty thousand divided by ten would mean that I have to save five thousand dollars a year in a zero interest bearing account. If that goal is at high priority because I want to make sure that my kids don't have that level of debt, then I have to prioritize amount of money. I have to prioritize that four hundred plus dollars every single month, and I got to figure out where I'm going to get it from. But if you do things a little differently and you think about the fact that it's a long term investment. And you decide that you want to take on a little bit of risk, and again it's lots of ways to interpret this, then that four hundred plus dollars could turn into three hundred plus dollars because now, because of the time frame that you have, you're gonna get some level of compounding return. So when you think about your finances and you think about your goals in the future, everything starts with the end in mind. Everything starts with trying to figure out where it is you want to go. And how important that goal is, because then you can determine with the money you have today, with that first job, second job, maybe even third job. Because I remember growing up, I had three, actually, I had four jobs at one point in time. And it was all trying to get ahead, trying to figure out what that future looks like. And if you know where you want to go and you know how important it is to get there You will do whatever you can to scrimp and save to achieve that objective in the future. And if you just think through it the right way and you just put the dominoes in place, all it takes is that one tip and all the dominoes fall down the way they're supposed to fall down. And it all goes back to those those three things, the cash flow statement, i.e. budget, your balance sheet, i.e. your financial health, what you own, what you owe, and ultimately that goal statement. Those three things will determine your path forward.
0: Now, today's show is about facing failure to attain success. I think in everything that we do, we have to face some amount of, you know, failure, whether it be, uh, you know, uh, a rerouting of your business or something that declined that you thought would be great in your business. What, what do you say about that? What is the main thing that you would say about, you know, uh, putting your money up at a little bit of a risk? Is there going to be a moment where it's going to dip and then come back up? Should we be uh, should we be patient? I mean, how does that work?
7: That's a great question. I think the answer to that question is twofold. One, you're going to fail. You're going to have to acknowledge it. You're going to have to let it wash over you. That failure is coming. The problem is that thing is we just don't know when it is so we can't prepare for it. So in order to try and figure out how to prepare for it, we have to run through the mental simulations in our mind as to what are we going to do, how are we going to do it, how are we going to get there, right? And so if it's, let's say, money risk, right, the money that we're going to invest in something, um, we have to be able to determine what is that level of risk that we're willing to accept. And a simple example would be is is that if $10,000, all the money you had, and it was going to be the amount of money that you had to be able to uh, cover uh, if rent isn't able to be made or if the car breaks down or something else, then you might not necessarily want to take risk with that pot of money. But let's assume that pot of money is set to the side and it's set in that checking and savings account, and that's your emergency fund, and we have a few dollars left over, an extra 200 $400 a month left over that we want to put towards the future. Now we have to ask ourselves, Am I focused on the present or am I focused on the future? If I'm focused on the future, then what happens in the market today is irrelevant. Those gyrations in the market have been there for years. You can't – and, and what's ironic is that every time I talk to clients or potential clients, they always say, well, this next thing is going to be different. Well, okay, but, you know, if you go back 30 years and you think about what we went through, whether it was, again, the conflicts, the wars, whether it was recessions, whether it was savings and loan crises or banks closing down, everybody was worried in that moment, like the sky was falling. So when you think about risk, Mm -hmm. risk is ultimately based off of you, your personal level of risk. Are you willing to put forth the energy and effort to acknowledge the fact that you have five or 10 or 15 years? And if so, then you have to make smart decisions. Now, Unfortunately, smart decisions are something that you have to educate yourself on. And there's lots of places that you can go to learn about that stuff. But if you make smart decisions, then the risks that you take today are going to be smoothed out over time. They're not going to feel like their ups and downs are as violent when you're three or four or ten years from where you started. So in the long run, failure, you know, there's a – I think right now across the Internet, uh, and maybe it was even Will Smith that said it, um, you have to fail often, you have to fail fast, and you have to fail forward. And I agree with that 100% because I look at my own life. I look at the fact that when I started off uh, right out of college, right, I tried to start a business, and I ended up taking my debt, and I had to turn to my uh, family, and I had to ask them for help. And, you know, some of them said no, and some of them said yes, and even then, to that extent, I still had to bootstrap my way out of it. Then I had a child at a young age, and I had debt, and I had to figure out how to get out of that, and that's where I started to work multiple jobs. And so as time ticked forward, I started to learn more stuff. And then I got – then, you know, I can remember one of my biggest um, failures personally where I just enrolled into my MBA, and six weeks into it, my wife turns to me and says I want a divorce. And so now I'm just kind of shell-shocked with that question, uh, and mind you, it's a full-time MBA program. And I've got my two kids that are young adolescents at the time, and I've got a demanding 60-hour-a-week job. And so I had to literally basically pull my pants up like everyone else. I had to go to work, and I had to get my stuff done at midnight to 2 a.m., and I had to try and pull my emotional life together. So I think, honestly, if you can embrace failure, you will get stronger over time. If you run away from failure, you will always fear things.
0: Wow, wow. Now I want to ask you one more question. I know I ask a lot of questions, but, you know, for me, this is like questions that maybe people out there have, and I'm a curious person. That's why I have a radio show. Um, <laughs> so um, sure. those little those micro donations, like when you have like an app on your phone where you can buy a, a percentage of a share of, uh, of a company, is that something that you would say people should start, uh, maybe look into? Um, is that legitimate? Is that a way to kind of learn the market and also to, to begin saving, like kind of like an incentive or a motivational thing?
7: Yeah, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, it's it's hard to answer that question because, as you could imagine, everybody's different. It's Kind of like flavors of ice cream, everybody's palate's a little bit different. Here's what I can say from a kind of a, a holistic perspective. I've seen people that have these apps that you can buy a one share of a classic car, right? You can potentially trade one share of stock. I don't care if it's a car, if it's stock, if it's a mutual fund, when you're thinking about what you're potentially going to invest in, there has to be an entry point and an exit point. You have to know when you're going to buy it and why you're going to sell it. And the reason I say that is because unless it's something like a Coke or it's something like an Apple where they've been around for obviously decades um, and they tend to have their ups and downs, mind you. But, you know, fundamentally they've had a te- they standard, the test of time. Whereas you look at companies like General Motors or Enron or MCI that have unfortunately closed their doors and people have lost not only just their stock but their pensions. You look at it and say, if I'm going to make any investment in something, I better, by gosh, know why I'm making that investment and potentially when I'm going to get out of it. So if it's this micro-trading where I'm going to buy a fraction of something, why am I doing that? What is my objective? And if it's going to be I'm going to do it, and what potentially would be the cause to get out? And I'll give you another example. Right now, the hot thing that everybody's talking about is what? It's cryptocurrency. It's the idea that I'm going to buy into something like that and I'm going to ride this bubble up. Um, it's funny, I was talking to a friend probably about a year ago this time and they were all excited put a whole bunch of money and granted, you know, from the time that we had talked to the end of last year they had this massive balloon they were like, yeah, I just made 20x on my investment and I was like, okay, you need to sell out, this is ridiculous there's no way this can continue and of course they were like, no, it's going to keep going, it's going to keep going and I'm like, no, mathematically, there's just no way that something like this could continue this way. If you go back to the right. 1800s and you look at tulips, right? tulips had the same exact kind of upward momentum. And so the problem mm-hmm. ended up being is, is that people just didn't want to accept it. And so because of that, they ended up writing it all the way back down again. And that's what you have to figure out, right? If I'm going to buy something, when am I going to buy it? Why am I going to buy it? And when am I going to get out of it? Yeah, yeah. Well,
0: well, I mean, you know, if you're if you're doing five dollars, ten dollars, these micro things, I mean, it's not a big hit, you know. And and it, to me, it's like, okay, if a person's making nineteen thousand dollars a year and they put five dollars in and they make ten and they sell that ten, that's I mean, they made a hundred percent profit. Um, you know, so that's what I'm talking about with these little micro things um especially when people are making such a little bit amount of money and you're right you got to get out of it you you can't just ride it until it goes right back down because it will go back down are there any other suggestions yeah, yeah. that you uh
7: huh uh-huh. yeah yeah there's there's a but there's a potential problem with that right if i have okay. this expectation that i can put 5 dollars in something and i'm going to potentially turn it into 10 dollars well well mathematically it might sound right what am I doing? I'm setting myself up for the expectation that it's easy to turn 5 into 10, or i.e., 100% return. But then when I begin to deviate outside of that, and I go into maybe more mainstream investments, but I'm not getting my 100% return or 50% return, and now I'm potentially stuck with a 6% return or an 8% return, which mathematically, if you look at the stock market over the last 80 years, the S&P 500 has averaged, Well, the Dow and the S&P, depending on how you look at it, right around 10% for large-cap companies. Small-cap companies are right around 12% to the average annual return. So you have to be very careful because you're setting potentially the wrong expectation in one's mind, not you, but just in general, the people out there, if they're setting themselves up for it. So if you think about what you're going to invest in, and again, it's not to be kind of breaking or hitting a broken record here, but the reality ends up being is, is that most people can't budget. And if you can figure out how to budget and how to free up cash flow, you've already potentially made yourself a hundred or two hundred or three hundred dollars that you didn't have a, a month ago or two months ago. You've already increased your net worth by that hundred or three hundred or seven hundred dollars per month because you just stuck to a budget. Then from there, if you're able to put it to the side, And build up that emergency fund, which, mind you, most people don't have. They use credit cards for that kind of stuff. But if you can put it in an emergency fund, like a savings account, right, where you're getting even a half a percent or half 1%, that's, while it doesn't sound super sexy, that's something that fundamentally will allow you to gain momentum. And now you're at 10 grand or 15 grand in two years. And now at that point in time, you can say, you know what? If the car breaks down, if the house blows up, I've got that fallback money. And now I can, to your comment, begin to dabble in these um, unique investment strategies that might exist out there. But to me, the quickest, fastest way to be able to make money and to increase stuff is to go back to the budget and figure out how to ultimately increase your monthly free cash flow, put it towards those goals, and then figure out how you're going to proceed from there. I'd love to tell you there's a silver bullet, y'all. I would. But if that was the case, no, I'll tell you none. right now that we'd be walking around with a whole bunch of millionaires and a whole bunch of billionaires.
0: Yeah, I know. There is none. There really is none. And, and <laughs> uh, you know, go back well, to the
7: –
1: go ahead. Well,
7: I was going to say, well, there there are a few, but unfortunately there could be a whole lot more if people just stuck to the basics. The problem is, is that people don't want to do the basics because the basics aren't sexy. Yeah,
1: and, you know,
0: I took my income tax check uh, a, a, a couple years ago, and I said I'm not touching any of it, and I put it into a mutual fund. It was, no, it was, it was mm-hmm. last year. It was a year ago. Not this not this one, but the last one. And uh sure. put it into a mutual fund. It wasn't a lot of money, and it doubled. It doubled in a year and a half. But that's something I'm not even looking at. I'm not even going to look at it. It's something that it, it was extra money. I didn't need it. I put it in there, and that's what it's going to sit. It's just gonna you yeah. know. To me, to me, that it may not be beautiful like you say, but now double means I get more of a return on it than I did initially when I when I put it in, you know, because it was it wasn't a lot of money. Uh, um, but sure. to, to tell you, you're right. That little that little egg or that that check that you get, or even you know, I've had someone tell me they took the change. Out of their pockets every day and put it into a bucket and saved it, mm-hmm. and then counted it and then put, and then put it away and then put it into a bucket and saved it and put it into an account where they couldn't reach it because they didn't have a card to draw it out, no ATM, no checks, no nothing. they just put it in there. ended up being enough money to pay off their credit card.
7: Oh yeah, I'll give you an example. so in my mm-hmm. book, I outline that if you spent if you could save. Six dollars a day, which fundamentally is lunch, right? When I go think about like McDonald's, that's lunch at McDonald's. Six dollars a day. Now, granted, it's it's not super sexy, but if you did it every single day for 30 years, and you just invested it in a very kind of mediocre investment that had a roughly six and a half percent rate of return, you would have grown that six dollar a day investment to over two hundred thousand dollars. In thirty years. Now again, it's thirty years and everybody's like, Oh my gosh, it's so far away. But you don't yeah. even miss six dollars a day. And that's no. the thing is, is that because you have time on your side, just changing one thing could literally change your entire life in the future. And imagine if it was twelve dollars a day or eighteen dollars a day. Now you're talking about four, six hundred plus thousand dollars. When potentially the rest of the world, actually the rest of the world, rest of the United States, right, are retiring right. on less than $100,000, just that wow. small little change can have massive impacts in the future. Then to your okay. comment, Yaya, you get into the question of uh, what about these micro-investments or just mainstream investments. That's a whole different yeah. conversation, but just that small little change can have massive impacts.
0: yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Wow. Well, I appreciate Jonathan talking to you today. Where can people reach you? Because obviously, you know, we all think we know. The truth is, we know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: the
7: no, truth.
1: absolutely.
7: Well, and, and you know, it's it's funny. Is is that I think a lot of people know a lot of things. It's just they don't necessarily know, to your comment, who to turn to. And then from there, if they if they hear a whole bunch of stuff being told to them, they're not sure how to interpret it. Right. So if so what I did was is that I wrote the book on, fundamentally, I, I took my 10 designations and my two degrees and my 15 years of experience, and I put them in a book, and I said, this is the thing that's going to change lives. Now, the thing is is that this book is not like any other book, and if you go to topsecretbook.com, you can learn all about it, but the book really is an investment in themselves. It's that first stepping stone, that milestone, and saying, I'm willing to invest in myself because... This book is not a $5 book. It's not a $20 book. It's a $400 book. And before you have a heart attack, Yaya, let me explain why. (laughs) At the end of the day, people come in to me and they pay me $400 an hour to sit down with them and go through very complex strategies. And I only work with a select number of people. But I realized that I can help so many more people. And whether it was through a podcast or whether it was through a book, I realized a book could ultimately change lives. And so I've literally taken a lot of information, laid an entire foundation, framework, step-by-step. The stuff that I do where people pay me thousands of dollars a year, tens of thousands of dollars a year to sit down and do, I put it in this book, and all someone has to do is invest $400. And the best part is it's not even just a book. It's a book. It's an audio book. It's a workbook, and it's a mini course. All of that wrapped together to be able to say, look, invest in yourself now follow the step-by-step instructions that I walk people through and start taking back control of your life. i put stories, strategies in there that people have already told me, have bought the book and said, I did these three things and made back to money 3x, 5x, 10x in 30 days just hmm. by doing that stuff there. And so at the end of the day, whether you're the kind of person who's super skeptical, I completely understand it. What I'm telling mm-hmm. you right now, you have to believe in somebody. You have to trust in somebody, and you have to trust in the process. I'm not sitting yeah. there to blow smoke up at somebody. I don't, I don't need to sell this book. I'm literally looking at it and saying, well, this is for the people out there who want to change. And the reason why I'm not giving it away for free is because when was the last time you got something for free, you read it, and you actually executed on it? Some people do. But most people, they go out oh, with nice information. They put it on their bookshelf. I want someone to yeah. have that investment. Make that investment right now, so that ultimately they can feel like they say, "I have to get that money back." And not only that money, I'm going to double my money or triple my money in a short window of time.
0: Right. Right. Well, wow. Well, that's
1: going
7: to be topsecretbook.com, right? Topsecretbook.com gets you in, walks you through it, gives you some stories, gives you some, some experiences from people who have looked at it and used the book, um, and it really tells a story of, of what it is the per- book is purpose for and how people can use the book. So topsecretbook.com, go there, look at it, and, uh, you know, hopefully it can change your life or hopefully it can help you get back on track.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, I want to thank you again so much for calling in, it has been a wonderful show, Jonathan. Thank you so much for doing what you do.
7: It's my pleasure, Yaya. Thank you for doing what you do, and thank you for helping people out there take back control of their lives.
0: Hey, you know what? I mean, you know, this is helping me too. So don't, don't, don't tell nobody though, okay?
7: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely.
0: Okay. All right then. We'll talk soon.
7: Absolutely. Thanks so much, Yaya.
0: All right, bye-bye. Wow, wow. So go ahead and go to topsecretbook.com and look at it and see if that's something that may interest you, you know. We all have something we need to to do and accomplish in our lives. And, uh, hey, there are people out there that are coming on this show that can help you with that. We're going to go ahead and go to our next guest. I'm hoping I'm answering the right call. Uh, Thank you so much for calling in. Can you please tell everybody who you are and what you do, please?
8: My name is Phoenix, and I am a music artist, music.
0: Ha ha, ha Phoenix, thank you so much for calling in today. You're welcome. All right, so being a music artist and doing what you do, tell us your ups and your downs and how you got into it. I mean, give us a story because everybody has one.
8: <laughs> um, I started in gospel. My grandparents raised me, and they are pastors, and they have a church. Mhm. And so so that, after you. ma'am.
0: Yeah, that that's the beginning of, of, of your love for the music. Yes, ma'am. Wow. And
8: okay. um I was as I grew up um into the music, I ended up being the solo singer and writer for a lot of um the choir songs. And the spokesperson for my grandmother's church in um, radio, TV shows, and different programs around the United States for a couple of years. Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. So now, now that you, you know you've been bit by the the music bug because that's what it is. It's a music bug. I I I I think yeah. it's different than anything else than a bug because I've been bit by it too. <laughs> um.
8: Yeah, yeah, it's a passion.
0: It is. It is. So tell us now where you're at in your music career and exactly what you do now as a rapper instead of a singer.
8: Or do well, I I'm, I'm still a singer. I'm still a singer. Uh-huh. <laughs> I do both. Um but uh I went to school and graduated from Concentrated Business in 2016 and after that I went on tour for a year with um you know, Henry Junior Turner and the Flavors. And um, after that, those six months, I um, ended up coming back into the music industry in 2017, and I just pushed so hard and released singles on iTunes, Spotify, I started distributing my own uh, music a publishing company called Phoenix Lyr- Lyrically Publishing. And um, I've done various songs with other people. I have my album, my first first brand-new album that's about to be distributed for the world drops August 15th in a few weeks. It's so, called um, I'm a 2 for 99. Wow.
0: Well, you got to have to send that to me. You just can't leave me out in the cold.
8: <laughs>
1: yes, ma'am. Will do. <laughs>
0: Tell me something. Let me ask you a question. Because a lot of people don't realize that being an artist, being in the music industry, is not as easy as most people think. You know, all they all they do is music.
8: oh my god, music. this is hard. <laughs> um, especially being a black a black female artist is very very hard because it's a male uh, dominant career. And um, we go through a lot of ups and downs, especially when it comes to uh, studio and and just trying to branch out with other females because a lot of them can be very catty because it is a struggle. And um, they we do go through more than any other race of music artists. So because it's so hard, a lot of people – Take it more to heart, and it'd be hard to trust other people when you in this industry as a professional.
1: hmm hmm Let me ask you a question This happened
0: to me. Have you ever been offered um, something in return for giving something that you're not willing to give
8: up? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, my goodness.
0: Wow, wow. It is I, I have that
8: problem all the time. I even really? have people uh, catfish me. Like, um, the last two years have been um, kind of like the most in my life to where I've had men and women try to catfish me as fake managers, uh, fake radio uh, uh, DJs in different states. Um, it's horrible. It's it's bad. You have to be careful.
0: <laughs> wow. But, now, I, I, I absolutely love that you said that because a lot of people don't believe that these things can happen. You know, being in the music industry as a female is a lot harder because you are looked upon as a minority in the field, you know. And not only yes. that, a black female is even worse, you know. So... um Tell us, uh, tell us about your, your, your tour though. I really, I'm interested about that tour that you did for six months. How was that on a day-to-day basis? How did you get through that for being six oh, months?
1: Whew.
8: Well, um, I went through a blues tour because I also like blues, jazz, and soul. I'm not a normal artist, so I write varieties of music because I'm a music child. And I love music, so um. It was hard because with the blues bands and singing songs with bands are totally different from just your regular rap and singing. Um, um, We have festivals. So some of the festivals will usually be three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I did intern work on the business side behind that. So I was helping with the other artists, the new artists that was branching out So I had to help them not have cold feet and be able to give the audience and the people what they wanted and also be able to give the artists comfort to ensure them that, you know, this is what you want to do. You came this far, you know, you're in this state and you're going to be okay. So, you know, usually I'll go on first and mix it up and do a couple of songs and sing with the band They'll see me singing with the band live, and then they'll be amazed and be like, okay, if she could do this, I know the little stuff I'm doing. I definitely can do these two, three songs. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. Yeah, so, you know, they, they didn't know that uh, when they came in about 3 o'clock when the shows would begin, I was there at 9 o'clock help him fix food for uh, our food sales, help him get the tickets and the rosters together. Then we'll leave around 10, have to drive all the way back to the loft, about an hour and a half or two hours away, and then, okay, we're up. It's about 3 o'clock. We go to sleep, get those couple of hours, and we got to get right back up at 8. And this goes on for those three days.
0: Now, touring, you know, most people think, you know, like I said, that touring is easy. It is really not. And it's a hectic schedule. No. you know, it's in exhausting. All, in all. <laughs> oh, in all in all, and, do you regret it?
8: No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I would do it again. But uh, I don't know if I want to do it again with blues bands and bands at all because those are more harder and pay less. Then you're just going on your own tour. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little easier now, when you're just a singer doing your own stuff and a rapper doing your own stuff, and it's centered around you and only you, and a couple of more artists that is just on the um the line, you know. Mhm.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes to your music, when it comes to everything that you're doing, tell us, you know, what have you done? In the in in the ups and downs of your music of your career, because everybody has those little real, you know those little roller coasters that go up and down. What was the worst thing that you've experienced so far, and how did you get out of it?
8: Um, I had tried to help a uh, older female and uh, collaborate with this person. And um, it didn't work out at all, but thank God that uh, I always handle my business as far as copyrights and my songs, because you, wouldn't, you would be surprised how many people will try to steal your songs, and I've had songs stolen from me before in the past. So uh, I was glad that this time I was owning that you needed me. You know, and um, after a couple of months in investing in her as well, you know, I took a I took a loss and it got pretty ugly. Mm.
1: And how did how did but, you
8: work your way out of that? Um, I ended up going into restraining order, and I had to mm. do you know I had to really make some tough decisions, and I also had to remind her that I had sole control and masters of my own songs, something that she couldn't take away from me or could delegate to control it all. So after a couple of emails and me just being real about how, you know, eventually I'm going to sue her and I had to press charges, you know, of her stealing my uh, video, uh, you know, she finally left me alone when she realized that um, I had control and she had lost my mind.
0: Nope this is not a good situation at all. I'm going to look at it like this. There's an artist that's coming up and after this person. That person has really messed you up for anyone else that comes along and is really sincere in what they need to do and get. And this is the problem that I think most artists don't realize and why record labels aren't uh, aren't signing a lot of people now and why people are skeptical to work with other people because there have been people before them that have done this to the actual person. That's helping them, you know, kind of bite the hand right. that feeds them. What What lessons, if any, have you learned from this uh, this situation?
8: Um, I just learned that to do contracts now, no matter what, and um, I can't go off of my heart of feeling sorry for somebody and really want to see the best out of other people, especially older people that have. Been in the industry longer than me, you know. You, when you when you're younger, you try you kind of like want to have somebody there as a mentor, so that they can help you, show you the things they did wrong, so that you can improve that, and show them how to do things better and make it work, mm-hmm. you know, and solve the problems together. But it's very very hard to trust people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, because well, I you, I did a lot did you... of good songs, you know. And what it is is, when you have talent, people will see that you have talent and that you have a drive. And if your drive is larger than theirs, and you're putting in more work than them, and not because they can't do the same, it's just that they're lazy. A lot of wanna be artists are very good. They're just lazy. They want somebody mm-hmm. to get them something. They prima donnas, you know, and. They get this cockiness like oh I'm just a star without yeah. the money you know it's 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 crazy yeah. a lot of artists are like that and they're nobody
0: right right and I think just because you know, they
8: won't put in the work you know
0: they won't that's what I was getting ready to say I think because they don't want to put in the work everybody should do it for them and 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 mm-hmm. that's gonna be a downfall as well wow wow right. Well, wow. well, where can people reach you?
8: Um, you can Google me F E N X X. You can find me on Spotify, iTunes, tidal, Napis, pretty much a little bit of everywhere. Uh, you can get in touch with me real quick on Facebook. I have a music page, Phoenix F E N X X, or you can teach shopper T I S H A shopper S-H-A-R-P-E-R, Sharper or you can find me on Instagram, uh, Phoenix N and, and T F-E-N-X-E-N-T Okay And I'm really pretty um, sharp When it comes down to my messages I'm, I have a 24 hour Window
1: <laughs>
0: Awesome Awesome I thank you so much for being on the show And for bringing your your story You know uh, I have so many people That are listening today And you know we get about 3,000 hits a day Maybe sometimes give or take a little bit more A little bit less But it's like people want to know the ups and downs. They want to learn from our mistakes. I think that we are pioneers, all of us, on on this, and we need to actually, you know, maybe we can't do it personally, uh, but we can definitely do it here
8: on Chasers Radio. Is
0: there anything that you'd like to leave the listeners with today?
8: Um, Yeah. Um, If you're an artist, or if you're um, thinking about being any type of artist, even if you do. Painting? or you design, uh, you do hairstyles, you do um, custom um, design works for shoes or anything, you know, this is all entertainment. And you have to, first off, it has to be business. So make sure that you have copyrights. Make sure that you get your paperwork straight. I don't care if it's family members. When it comes down to money and it comes down, some sometimes it just comes down to a great impact of support because of what you're doing and the way you're investing in yourself, people will envy that. People will be jealous of that because they're lazy and you're working hard. So make sure that you protect of your arts. Mm.
0: Yes, I totally, I totally agree. I 100% totally agree.
8: Totally.
0: Yes. Wow. Wow. Well thank you so much. You know what? I, I'm gonna probably I'm gonna publicly apologize for yesterday. I could not get on to save my life. <laughs> That's that okay. Happened- no, no, it happened to me. This is the third time it's happened to me in ten years. Where it wouldn't it, oh, the wow. system would not come up, it wouldn't come up, it wouldn't let me call in, it kept kicking me off. I'm like, you know what, I'm just gonna say we're just gonna have on tomorrow. So, you know, I, I, I too I totally believe in uh professionalism. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong, and I do apologize for that. Um, That's great to still have you on. But I thank you for calling in today. No problem. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And, uh, Phoenix, if there's anything that we could do, like play your music, like send it over so we can do that on our radio station, we would love to do that. Thank you so much.
8: Okay, I will do it. And thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you again so much for calling in. Until next time, okay? Don't be a stranger.
8: I sure won't.
0: All right, (laughs) all right, bye. That was Phoenix. Let me tell you something. We all have dreams and goals and aspirations, and, you know, everything is important. Everything is important. If it's important to you, it's important. It means something. You know, if that one thing may be insignificant to someone else, but very important to you, that is your thing. That is your baby. It is important, and I want to be the inspiration today behind it all. I want to be able to tell you that you can, and I want to give you examples of people who have done it. And so that's why we do this show. Dream Chasers Radio is not a show for me. It's not a show for you only. It's a show for us. Let's do this together. I want to thank you for tuning in to Dream Chasers Radio. It has been a wonderful show. We did not broadcast today on Facebook, but you can always go to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Dream Chasers Radio. Very easy to reach us, dreamchasersradio.com. And if you want to submit your music, it's dreamchasersradio at gmail.com. Simple, simple, simple. All right? You guys, thank you so much again everybody for tuning in and, and just going through all of the episodes and listening to how I came from and where I came from. I was a terrible interviewer in the beginning. I'm going to tell you, I left it all up there so you can hear it, but that's okay. We have to start somewhere and we're not perfect when we begin, but we definitely I'm moving forward in our goals and our dreams, and so am I. Listen to the way I'm speaking to you today. It was not like this in the beginning, but now that I got the hang of it, I'm a lot better. But still, I, you know what? We all have our ups and downs. We all have to come from failure to reach success, and that's what this, this episode is about today. And I hope I've helped you and brought examples. I hope that all of us have helped you today to show you that you can. You can do it. It is not impossible. It's only impossible because you haven't done it yet. But go ahead and do it, and then it's possible. All right? I love you. I want to thank you for tuning in again. And I I want to say that don't forget to always dare to be different. And don't forget that your dreams, your goals are important, not only to you, but to all those who love you. Thank you again so much for tuning in, and I want to say goodnight, everybody. And until tomorrow, I'm going to have a special segment recorded, and then I'll put it up for you guys. Um, It's an international one, so we're doing it a little bit early, but I will definitely have it up for you, and it's going to be pre-recorded. But it's definitely going to be for for you, and it's going to be there for you to listen in. Thank you again so much for tuning in, and don't forget to dare to be different, baby. Until next time, guys. (laughs) Bye.
1: Thank you.